This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're becoming gods of love and murder as we watch spine 133 in the Criterion Collection, Peter Medic's The Ruling Class from 1972. But first, RJ... Mm. How's that wedding life going? As Man, in that, going to weddings. Going to weddings. Going to weddings never ends, my friend. I was at a wedding this weekend, or this last weekend. I'm a, at a wedding this coming up weekend, and I have another one in two weeks. The next two are destinations. Oh. Oh, oh. One of them is a 13-hour drive. Oh, baby. Good Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, how's that? school life going back in school i got my my backpack did you call it a backpack or a knapsack backpack uh backpack yeah backpack i heard some people called a back sack one day and i was like that doesn't sound right (laughs) and knapsacks out of fashion now right because it's is that vaguely racist what Is it, I heard that somewhere once. I, I remember someone said that, and they're like, oh, you shouldn't say that anymore. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I'll just stop saying it, though, so that I, can, I will never say it in real life, and people will fight me. If you're listening to this, and you know why knapsack is racist, email in so and let us know, because we're confused. Knapsack. Um, I, I see. Some people just call them packs, and I, I don't like that either. Yeah. You got your pack? You got your pack there, little guy? Huh. Did you find out? So far, I'm not seeing anything referencing it being problematic. All right. Well, I'm going to keep using it then. Nice. Yeah, school's good. I'm back in school. I wanted to watch some uh, school movies this week, like uh, Back to School, Rodney Dangerfield style. But I couldn't because it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. Through means that are no longer (laughs) available to me. Yeah. Yarg. I wonder uh, how much it goes for on Amazon. I have a, you know, I actually have that on DVD. And you didn't give it to me? You didn't ask. You animal. Well, it's too late now. I'm already back. Yeah. Uh, can't even ring it in. I feel like it'll be a mix between really busy and then uh, also not busy at all, if that makes sense. I hear that. The class, the class stuff will be like very not busy, but all the work you have to do outside of class, I guess, will probably be considerable but hey maybe i'll watch movies while i do that work Ooh, you you were saying that you didn't think i could uh get in on that good movie watching but you know what i think this might be a a, a break or um what's a you know you an, know a, an opportunity <laughs> an opportunity yeah i was gonna say something like all-star year that's not what it is man maybe my brain is fried today maybe um, yeah, I mean, someone's got to pick up the slack when watching movies. Yeah, because you don't watch movies anymore. So I, I'm really feeling obligated to watch some some movies. I didn't realize that was what would like kick it loose. Is you actually me not watching movies would make you watch more movies. I've always watched movies, Jared. I feel like I've always almost always consistently averaged about three, three or four an episode. No, I don't know. Sometimes these, more, sometimes these, less. I feel like these movies have got that Andy stink on them. Uh, a couple of them, definitely. 
Yeah. A couple of them for sure. But yeah, I watch movies because Jared doesn't watch them anymore. It's real. Even though he hosts a movie watching podcast. Yeah, we'll see. Which I believe he, he yelled at me one time when I brought up a book <laughs> on the podcast. Isn't uh, that right, Jared? Perhaps. Uh, yeah, you know, I also like to say that the less I've less movies I've watched, the less I've talked about movies, our uh, viewership and listenership has increased. So uh, there's some maybe mm-hmm. some correlation there. Is that so? So maybe it was just people didn't like the movies you were watching. Perhaps. So maybe do you want me to pick the movies for you to watch? No. You should watch Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield tonight. I could. Because as I said, I have it and I've never watched it. Ever? No. You should watch that. So watch or I, 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 Kindergarten uh, Cop. I was like on this weird like phase of like, I'm going to watch some 80s comedies. And I bought that. Um, Easy Money. Uh, mm-hmm. Summer School. And I watched the first the last two there but yeah not back to back i like to school. summer school That's gotta get one. to that some other one there's another school-based movie pcu you should watch kindergarten cop two the one starring dolph lundgren yeah how I'm about not, that i'm not gonna do that why not <laughs> you don't watch any movies just watch one movie well i, I did watch one movie and then it was like that movie wasn't that great so yeah, I could have told you that. That, that bumped me out. How, how could a movie called Five Loose Women disappoint? Mm, I would have made that mistake, too. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I'm all, upfront we, about we, my perverted we, We've all been there. We've all been there. Hey, how's going back to school for you, Jarrett? Um, You're back out. Did you find all that stuff I left in your office? I, I did find the Chewbacca uh, stopper, the, the, mm. the theater stopper from... Uh, Whatever the last movie was, Last Jedi. Uh, that was on top of a pop, uh, a soda pop that I got at the theater one time. Yeah. And it was in my backpack for about two years, and I didn't know what to do with it. So you left it on my desk. So I left it on your desk, yeah. Did you find all the other things? Like the the vials and the the needles mm-hmm. and injectables? Yeah. I did. All the enemas? Yep. And now I don't, yep. now I don't have a job. Good. So. Good. Now I'm working. Now, you, now, 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 I, have, now I just work for free. Maybe now you'll have more time to watch movies. Yeah. yeah. See what I was doing. No, See what I was yeah, doing. Well, you, have to, you have to have like a house and electricity to do that. Oh. Uh, so this is it, folks. No, school's okay. I feel old though. Um, you should feel old. Like I, I, I turned thirty-five last week, and now when I'm walking mm-hmm. down the hall on the first day of like orientation, I'm looking around at all these youthful faces and I'm like, I next year will be literally twice these people's ages. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Like they, they are little, little kids. You're yeah. You're super old and you will continue to get old, but they will forever stay young. Yeah. And that's the curse that you have for living at a university. Unless you're Matthew McConaughey and dazed and confused. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, thanks. I didn't bring it up on here yet, but I did make you a nice post. You did on the Facebook yeah, with uh, fat shaming Val Kilmer. That's, uh, that was very nice. Me. You know that man has cancer and he's wasted away since then. Excuse me, I wasn't fat shaming anyone. I happen to think you look like Val Kilmer. Oh, <laughs> so fat, I thought fat, that that was fat, a flattering fat, picture. Fat Kilmer. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that was a big hit on the Instagram. Like it, a thousand it, people liked that. It was. It was. Hey, speaking of Instagram, I keep getting uh, a lot of my stuff gets keeps getting taken down from Instagram. Yeah, you know why? Because you like butts too much. Uh, excuse me. 
I post they are pictures from the Criterion movies that we're here to watch. They're they're classy asses. They're classy asses. And I I have issue with this because uh, I see what's on the Internet. I see what's on the Instagram. All all these like models and cosplay girls that just have their full asses just like (laughs) spread into the camera. And it's like I post this classy picture of this girl getting her butt stamped from closely watched trains and it gets taken down. And then I remember when we watched Braveheart, which is a future Criterion movie, uh, I posted a picture of the butt that gets hit by the arrow, and that got taken down too. So I don't know who follows us that keeps flagging our content, because it's gone in like, I swear to God, like a minute, it gets taken down. So th- there's got to be someone it's, like... It's those, alg- it's those algorithms. They can they, they know what a butt looks like, and then they get passed up, and they go, is this a bare ass, or is it a clothed ass? And they go, that's icy flesh, and then they go, delete, delete. Well, I, I rectified it. I drew on a, a thong onto I the saw, butt. I, I saw. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what I'll do now uh, to get around this bogus uh, rule. But uh, at the same time, you know... Uh, I, I, I just don't get it, Jarrett, this algorithm, these problems that these things have with us. Well, it's definitely some kind of racism. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I feel objectified right now. Not right, Instagram. Not right at all. Not right. Go, go after the real monsters. Not yeah. your uh, mom and pop podcasters. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, there's I see bare asses all the time on that thing. All day, every day. All the time, mm-hmm. but whatever. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start drawing on little things to cover the crack or whatever. I guess that's <laughs> that's all you gotta do is cover the crack. Yeah. So, it's like you ever been to Hudson's and they uh, they have a no backwards hat rule, which I think is such horseshit. You're what? allowed to wear a hat front frontwards, but you're not allowed to wear it backwards. Which I think that's is not big, a thing, is it? You go to Hudson's right fucking now and you wear a backwards hat and they'll tell you to, to put it on frontwards. Which I think is the biggest load of hypocritical bullshit in the world. You either have a no hat rule or you let them wear them however you fucking feel like. Because what is the problem Dec- wearing your hat de- front de- or back? Decorum, please, in our fucking gross ass shitty pub. Yeah. Yeah. It, do- it doesn't make sense. Whatever, it's gonna get run out of town here soon be, because of all the uh, the users that are uh, across the block. Yeah, and then they'll be begging for people with their backwards cats with their to backwards come back hat. in. Yeah, they'll be like, "Come on back, oh, come shit. on there, back." There, there's like a Reddit post from Saskatoon about this. Why yeah. do so many bars in Saskatoon disallow backwards hats? Okay, so it's definitely I, f- I feel like there's a racial component to it uh, because a lot yeah, of. But- that, oh. and, but so it's like, unfortunately, uh, us poor white people are also uh, looped into these gang members that are obviously minorities. But uh, the thing, though, it's like they don't kick you out. They just make you wear it frontwards. So like, yeah, what's like, I, I don't get it. Like, how how is that better? It doesn't make any sense. Either just have no fucking hats or you should be allowed to wear it however you feel like. OK. Just have all butts. Or no butts at all. You shouldn't have to cover the butt crack up with a, a make-believe pen. Do you see what I'm saying, Jared? Do you see where I'm coming from? So I'm reading this thing. The bouncers tell men to pull up their pants as well. <laughs> Jesus. It's a douchebag thing. It looks better when you walk into an establishment and see everyone properly dressed instead of a bunch of ch- uh, chotch bros. 
uh, as well. Have you ever gotten a hat beak in the face on the dance floor? It fucking hurts. Man, oh, this, God, this don't this, go on this, the dance floor, this, buddy. This, this, this is how the other side lives, I guess, for me. People who are uh, on this only time to wear a backwards hat is for fly fishing, so you don't get caught by the fly on a miscast. Otherwise, it's just useless. Do you see the strong politics these people are laying down about their backwards hats? I uh, see. There's some video. Uh, Stan Lee hates backwards hats. So there's oh some, God. Uh, the kids with their pants and their backwards caps. The kids? That's me. I up. see. There's a tw- there's a BuzzFeed article headline called "26 White Dudes Wearing Backwards Hats." Wow. So again, I feel like there is some weird. Thing going I, on here yeah it, it seems like it but at the same time it's like i don't get what <laughs> put well, your hat on straight there you go now you're fitting what, in what, 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 i mean what, do people have an issue with like i see here a still of uh ash of from of pokemon fame he's got the hat backwards oh. right here right now yeah he um, does wear his hat backwards yeah i think tom brady america's uh favorite hero i think he wears a backwards hat on occasion mm-hmm. it's a magia hat but uh, he wears it backwards. Yeah. Oh, uh, and of course, uh, Fred Durst. Oh, yeah. I was just talking about you when I when I called you Papa Roach earlier. Remember? Do you think they have problems though with like Kanga hats? Mm, yeah. See, this is where you get into sticky situations when you're wearing when Sam Jackson goes into a Hudson's. Do you think they're like, oh, excuse me, sir, can you move that Kangle hat to the front, please? <laughs> what do you Ooh. think he would do? Uh. Man, I don't know. There's some real sad photos here, but it's just like these guys would be sad regardless of if their hats were backwards. But definitely adds like an element of like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life here? What are you doing in your life that you're complaining about hats on the internet? What are you doing with your life that you're talking about complaining about hats on the internet? I just, I, I didn't think it was a thing. I mean, I, I don't well, wear... Well, you doubted me? Well, I, I didn't realize it, like policies were in place at some institutions. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a it's a load of horse shit, Jarrett. Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there is the element of a hat backwards isn't really serving any purpose beyond fashion. But that shouldn't rule out yes. but one. But a frontwards hat inside at nighttime isn't serving any purpose other than fashion as well. Well, speaking as a man who doesn't wear hats, um, uh-huh. I, I, I am indifferent to this law. But as, mm-hmm. uh, as a great man once wrote, uh, those who do not act... Uh, and allow these things to happen when they start sending you on trains. Uh, you can't complain because you didn't you didn't say anything before before they came for you. To paraphrase, there some about hats. I'm the only one hat, stick, hat, standing up hat, for what's right. Hat Holocaust. I'm, I feel like Alex Jones right now. Hat Holocaust. It's turning the frogs gay. Oh, here. See, I've got one hat. See. Right here. Oh, wow. Yeah, no one else I, I wish we could have took a screenshot of that. That yeah. was a pretty pretty good looking hat, buddy. Yeah. I heard it sits uh, on the back of your head really good. Yep. Makes me look yep. like a complete stranger because I never wear hats. For, for those unaware, uh, I was uh, demonstrating uh, the one hat I own, uh, mm-hmm. which is a Baylog auction hat. Yeah, see, and you're always yelling at me and doing bad stuff to me. And now people see that it's like, hey, he gave him a hat. That's a pretty nice thing to do. do you know what else is thinking? Because you, 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 you got like boxes of these things, don't you? Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Well, I, I feel like perhaps as an incentive for Patreon people, maybe they should get Baylog Auction hats. It's really spread the brand, the brand hey. supremacy of Baylog Auction. 
I've offered a lot of incentives for uh, Patreon, but no one's taken me up on these. <laughs> unless you know of some, unless you know something that I don't know. Well, I don't know. Have we, have we ever offered merch? Uh, no, I brought up merch to you once, and you. Uh, well, you I, I don't me. see. I don't want Criterion creeps merch, but uh, I mean, we already got pre-existing Bailhog auction hats, and absolutely no. Like, I think it would be lovely, you know, New Zealand. South Africa, mm-hmm. New York, it's all across, marketing. you know, places that I can think of top of my head where we have had listeners spreading that bailog auction name. Okay, here we'll we'll say it like this. You you do a Patreon minimum of like three hundred dollars <laughs> and I'll send you one of these hats. It'll be it'll barely uh, cover the the stamps and the customs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll send you a bailog auction hat or, you know, what, whatever you want, you can get, we can make creeps merch. Or if you, if you just want a picture of Jarrett, one of those pictures I got of him when he wasn't looking, I'll put that on something and then we can, I'll send you that. (laughs) Or RJ's ass crack. Yes. There is a stockpile of those. Yeah. There is, there is a a folder of that. Mm Mm-hmm. See, see what we resort to when you don't watch movies and we have to fill time. Just chatter. Hey, RJ, what, what, what you been creeping on? Well, bits, because I have to. Uh, all right. What did I watch this week? Okay, first I'm going to tell you about how Netflix tricked me and Andrea into watching this thing called Party Monster, Scratching the Surface. Yeah. We got with, tricked. With John, into, ha- with John Hamm. With John Hamm. So this is a, a mockumentary about a guy named DJ Fingerblast, and he's looking up his uh, hero, DJ Slizzard played by John Hamm. So we were like, just Andrew was just flicking through Netflix. And then this thing popped up. Uh, it's 30 minutes. And in the preview, there's a, a video of John Hamm and he's got a ponytail and he's buying all these tampons. And he's like, uh, I need these. I identify as a woman. I want to swim co- comfortably in the pool. And then he throws them at some cops and he like tries to punch him. And we were like, what is this? And we're like, I don't know. It's only 30 minutes. Let's fucking watch it. So we threw this thing on and we were met with great confusion for the first 15 minutes because we couldn't understand why this thing exists, who made it, what it's about. Uh, And then we realized uh, this was an extreme case of inside baseball. That would be a bonus feature on a Blu-ray, maybe uh, for the TV show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Do you know that show? Uh, Yeah, I've heard of it. It's like Tina Fey's show that she made about uh, those girls who came out of like uh, they were in a cult and they uh, they find them in like uh, a cellar or some shit like that. It's a comedy. It's on Netflix. People might know what that is. So I guess people who watch that show uh, would probably have known what this was going into it and understood. Uh, We had only seen the first half of the first season of that show. I think it wasn't for us. We stopped watching. So this thing, Jer, is about the guy who kidnapped all those women, and it's John Hamm, and he's a DJ. And this is a, a movie about that character. So we, we were duped, and uh, I didn't know what this thing was, but we watched it, and it's loggable on Letterboxd. So <laughs> here we're talking about it. Outstanding. So uh, there you go. You ever, uh, you, you ever thought it would come to this? Mm, I think we've been living in this all along. Ah, right. Uh, So then anyways, Jared, I watched a real piece of shit movie from this guy named Nicholas Stoller. Uh, He does a lot of Seth Rogen movies. I watched Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. (laughs) 
I think I maybe talked about Neighbors 1 on the podcast before. Uh, I think I had ambivalence to it in the sense where I was like, it's not very good. It was something to watch. It was on Netflix. You, you, Jarrett, can file this under Andy Picks, I believe, as it was. I don't know. I think I did. I try to take all of those on here. So this was last night. Uh, I can't remember what we were doing. We just got finished doing something. It was like 8. And uh, she's burnt out on True Blood because that show sucks. She's oh like, my God. I, you're still, she's watching that shit still? She, she is watching it. But oh uh, she's in season 5 or something of 7. And oh. uh, she hasn't... She hasn't watched for uh, like a week or something like that. She's like, I don't really care anymore. I might just drop it. So I was like, all right, cool. Good. For, let's uh, she. So she's like, just she's like, just look on Netflix for something. And uh, I, I looked I looked through her Netflix list to see if there's anything I want to watch. And uh, as I was scrolling, this popped up and she's like, just throw that on. She's like, I don't really care. Just do that. And I was like, all right, whatever. I think I've mentioned before, when I watch movies like this with her, I usually just read at the same time. So it's no big deal to me. I'm mm-hmm. watching the movie, but I'm also reading. So I double down on this, uh, these bad things. So this movie is a sequel to the first one. That's right. Uh, it's about <laughs> Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, and they live in a house, and uh, a frat moves next door by Zac Efron. Yep. So in this one, Jared, they switch it up. It's a sorority that moves in, starring Chloe Grace Moritz. Oh, Can you believe it? I cannot. So in this one, a sorority moves in, and it's all about girl power. And uh, you have uh, a ton of famous actors like uh, Kelsey Grammer from Be- Beast from the X-Men movies. He's in this for a minute. Uh, Abby from uh, Broad City's in this. Hannibal Burris. Um, I don't know. Dave Franco. Someone named Aquafina. Is that her real name? Yeah. The fuck. Do you know about this person? I don't know. Her name is Aquafina. Yeah. Like the water, but it's A W K W A F I N A. But she doesn't have a last name. So I'm assuming it's a made up name. So I, I don't feel bad being weird about it. Anyways, so a sorority moves in, and this movie, Jared, is borderline uh, not a movie. It is more or less a rehash of the first thing. Um, but I found this to be really bad for some reason. There, there's some good jokes, but I feel like for every good joke, there's like eight bad ones. And you're just like, uh, like you don't want to watch it, but it's just garbage and it's there. And you're like, you know, like when you give garbage food and you're like, I don't need this, but you just pile it in anyways. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like, like grocery store cake. Like grocery store cake. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. What is this movie about this? Uh, they like they fight with each other, trying to get each other to move. Um, the jokes are real bad and I feel like it, this movie's supposed to be about like, uh, girl power and like stuff like that. But I feel like, I don't know, I'm not a girl, but I feel like the message comes off a little bad or in the wrong way where it's like they learn their lesson, but it's only because of like these things that men do to them or something. And I was like, I don't know if that's like, if that's what I would want to hear if I was a girl, but again, I'm not, so I have no idea. But it seemed off. I was like, I don't know if this jives with the the ladies out there. Didn't jive with me, Jarrett. It didn't jive with me. So that movie stinks. I uh, recommend not watching it. Okay. 
I will. You know, I was really tempted. I feel like maybe I was going to watch Neighbors 2. I hadn't seen the first one, but I feel like Neighbors 2 might have really turned the ship around. I was like, I'm going to jump in here and work backwards. And then the first one will be like a prequel. Yeah, and then and then you had been like discovering yourself as you discover the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, Jared, I watched another Andy pick this week. And I, I have to admit, I got this movie for her because I always remembered hearing about it. And I was like, I feel like that'd be a movie that we would both enjoy. That movie, Jerry, is 2005's Must Love Dogs. <gasps> so I think people on here know why I would enjoy that. Uh, the poster's got a big, big dog on it. I remember in the preview, there was all sorts of dogs running around. Uh, this movie is about Diane Lane. She is uh, a silver fox. She's a cougar. Uh, she just came out of a relationship, and her family is encouraging her to date again, even though they say that she's uh, been broken up for eight months, and they're really pressuring her like she's going to die. And I was like, man, eight months isn't that long, but what do I know? Uh, so anyways, uh, they create her uh, dating profiles on the internet because the internet was big in 2005. It was really mysterious and kind of like, whoa, online yeah. dating? It's like, oh, weird. Uh, and then in one of the dating ads, they threw in a line that said, must love dogs at the end. And I have uh, a big issue with this, but I'm going to I'm gonna get to that in a second. So in Diane Lane's family, you have Elizabeth Perkins and uh, Christopher Plummer is a charming dad. Uh, Glenn Howerton, that's right, Dennis from It's Always Sunny is in this. And uh, the youngest I've ever seen him, uh, he plays the brother. So these are the family all kind of trying to get her dating, and she's a kindergarten teacher. And there's a big steamy dude who, like, drops his kid off there, and she's kind of got a thing for him. But then on the other side, Jarrett, you have miserable, uh, saggy, droopy John Cusack. And uh, he makes boats. And his brother is trying to get him to date. Um, And then they see this ad. So he takes a dog to the dog park to meet Diane Lane. So, Jared, I have a real problem with this movie. It's a classic example of a bait and switch. This bullshit liar movie has almost zero dogs in it. Like, at all. It's not... They're not, they're not killing dogs, at least. Though. No, I don't think so. There's no dog threshing machine. There's no, like, mm-hmm. serial dog killer plot. Could have been in the deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, the other cut. There's hardly any dogs in this. Uh, Diane Lane, the main character, doesn't own a dog. Uh, John Cusack, the main lead, doesn't own a dog. So this whole movie is about them interacting with, like, uh, Glenn Howerton's dog, who's just in scenes sometimes. And uh, we're watching this and we're like, what is this horse shit? We're like, where, where are all the dogs at? That is the number one reason we were watching this movie from 13 years ago. And if I had went to this movie in the theaters, Jared, I would have been pretty fucking mad because I would have said, where the fuck are all the dogs? <laughs> there were some. There's like one dog park scene, but by and large... There's not a lot of dogs in here, man. Isn't that like on the poster too of them in the? The dog movie's park? called Must Love Dogs, and yeah, the, the the poster is like where they meet at the dog park, and Glenn Howerton's dog is in the background. So like this this movie is just the most despicable shit I ever seen. Uh, it was directed by a guy named Gary David Goldberg, who made a movie with Ted Danson, Jack Lemmon, and Ethan Hawke. Ooh, Kevin Spacey, uh, called Dad. That looks cool. I might watch that actually. But I'm 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 curious here. Who wrote this fucking movie? 
because it's bullshit. Oh yeah, it's uh, based on a book or something. Mm. I bet the book has dogs in it. Uh, let's see here. What did the critics say at the time? Richard Roper, John Cusack, and Diane Lane need to put out personal ads saying "must have screenplay." Boom! Ooh. Holy cow! That's how you do it, baby. Uh, here's a Stephanie Zazarek from Salon.com, and this is like okay, okay. These are all 2005. It's ostensibly yep. about adults, but there's nothing remotely adult about it. <laughs> God damn, these guys are cutting deep. This is like uh, an early Who Hates uh, segment about who must love dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film gets more tepid as it goes along and ultimately just drifts off. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, uh, Moira McDonald from the Seattle Times. As fantasies go, you could do a lot worse. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's a two and a half out of four. The, uh-huh. the, that's an Ebert scale. Uh, and David No from the film Journal International. If not for the talent and natural charisma of its star, Diane Lane, this would be an entirely worthless enterprise. That's from 2007. Hmm. Uh, I I agree. Diane Lane is pretty good, but uh, not in this movie. She has some she has some lines in this that you're kind of like, oh boy, that's uh, acting right there. Well, Cassie. A super reviewer from Rotten Tomatoes gave this five stars and says, Sweet story of true love. Happy face. I love John Cusack in this movie. Exclamation marks. Happy face. So cute. Happy face. Just a great movie. Happy face. Happy Mm. face. Happy face. Happy face. Well, thank you, Cassie. Well, at least she tells it like it is. Am I right? (laughs) Jay Nixon only gave this two and a half stars, though. Diane Lane is good as always. She and Christopher Plummer have a nice chemistry as father and daughter, but John Cusack gets more annoying as time goes by. Uh, that's just John Cusack, though, right? Yeah. He's getting weird looking. Yeah, that's just John Cusack, guys. Yeah, he is kind of a weirdo. He's no Johnny Depp, though. <sighs> Who that wife beater? Wow, fuck that guy. He looks allegedly. He, like he looks like a villain from Dick Tracy. He is. This is a droopy ass face. Anyways. Anyways. That's must love dogs. Did, hey, you want to hear about a real movie I watched? Yeah, please. Please. Uh so this uh actually was an Andy pick, but Whoa. because I presented it to her. Yeah. Um we watched Manhattan by a friend of the show, Woody Allen. Ah, uh, good friend. Good friend of the show. Wood. Uh, I old Wood. Uh so I had never seen Manhattan actually. Have you seen Annie Hall? I have seen Annie Hall. I think I possibly have talked about it on this very podcast. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I liked Annie Hall a lot. Yep. I think Annie Hall is really good. Yep. Uh, Manhattan, I like. Not as much. Uh, And I know that this is a big popular movie with a lot of people. And a lot of people really love this movie. Um, I'll start off by the things that I did like, uh, classic Woody, <laughs> you know him, he writes some pretty sharp dialogue sometimes, he's, he's sure quirky, uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but at the same time, I'm, I'm being serious, like, he does have good dialogue, everyone knows that, Woody's a pretty cool dude, uh, and this movie looks fantastic, uh, there's a lot of shots in this movie, no one could deny that this movie just looks amazing, yeah. Um, and I think as a story goes, it's more or less something that you can kind of get on I'm, with just uh, very superficially on the surface. Uh, you can more or less get behind the story of a guy who's like in between 
doing jobs and in between relationships and trying to find the right thing. So I think there's a lot of that that's uh, very relatable for people and uh, you kind of root for them. Uh, Outside of that, uh, I do and I'm not one of these people that gets held uh, hung up on current affairs to that doesn't appreciate old things. But this movie is a little bit bizarre that he's dating such a young girl in this uh, when he's so old. And I guess it's kind of just it's it's I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like he's 42 and then he dates a 17 year old. And you're like, that's a little weird, I guess. But the whole movie is about how she's like in high school and he goes to the high school to pick her up. And you're like, this is getting a little weirder. And then you real when you like kind of think about it, you're like, why was she 17? Uh, because like I know that part of the story is like about her being innocent and he he doesn't want to be with her because he thinks she's too young. But he could have very easily made her like 19 or 20 and still got that idea across because he was over 40. So that's like a very nitpicky, maybe overthinking thing. But it was like, that's a little weird. But then also when we were watching this, Andrew was reading Woody Allen's biography to me. And uh, like, I knew like, all... like as in she was reading like the Wikipedia entry. Yes. Okay. That one. No, the his auto his <laughs> actual biography. It's like four hundred pages. Well, that's what I was like. I'm like, wait, like you're reading his biography. I'm like, uh, like just just no, inter- no, internet. Just, she was just yeah. reading the internet, and I've heard that stuff before. But she was getting into about like the Mia Farrow stuff, and then like how he married the seventeen year old daughter, and I was like, I knew that too. But then in the same context of watching this movie i was like it's a little weird woody allen likes little girls i guess i don't that's not a hot take or anything like that but still married to the same woman that this is true this is true maybe it was true love so and and that's what i mean i'm not i'm not gonna get hung up because i hate when people do that when they're like i can't enjoy any movies that anyone affiliated with this stuff was in now and it's like that's a little much and uh it didn't like make me not enjoy this movie. I was just conscious of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's that. I still like Woody Allen. I think he's. I think uh, his movies are really good. So all those people, like uh, your buddy, Timothy Shalamont, who's like, I regret ever working with Woody. It's like, shut up, nerd. Yeah. I don't I don't like those guys either. Go but pa- there was, Go pants yourself. Yeah, go pants yourself, nerd. Uh, so that was just one thing that I was kind of thinking about while watching this and then the only other thing is uh i think the back end of this movie is way better than the front end uh i kind of had a hard time getting into this for the first Mm -hmm. 40 minutes i think it's because like you don't like very and i know it's intentional like you don't really like any of these characters they're kind of all shitty (laughs) and their problems seem like really new yorkian (laughs) they're like new yorkian and they're like this isn't the word I want to mean, but like obtuse where it's like the problems that they have, like just hearing them talk about it. You're like, I can see where your what your solution is. And the fact that like, you can't see that is like very either selfish or you're just like, I, I, I don't know how to, how to, how best to describe that, but it's like the pro the problems these people have seem like very petty, dumb things. And I guess that's like real life. But anyways, I had a hard time like getting into it at first because I was like, these people kind of suck. And uh, I'm not suit. I wasn't super on board at first because there's also a few of some of the writing, I think, from uh, the female voices is a little off for me uh, at, at certain times where it seems like it's like, yeah, 
a 45 year old man wrote this script for sure because like after he goes to dinner with his friends and then the friends go home the the lady who's like 40 also she's like she's like oh i don't think 17's too young for a man like him i think that's perfect and i was like hmm that's a little weird <laughs> and then like just even the like the young girl when she's talking to him the stuff that she says it's like it seems very like self congratulatory <laughs> or it's like, <laughs> yeah. you, like self praising. It's like, yeah, this is definitely a 40 year old guy writing female voices about him or something. So there were things like that. I was like, I'm not totally on board with that, but, uh, but the back end, like the back half of this movie, I, I was more into, I was, uh, cause you see some characters like not either like realize that they're shitty or kind of, but maybe they like come out of what they're doing and you're like, okay, you see the journey of the characters a little bit. So, uh, anyways, I liked Manhattan. I thought it was good. Uh, I think Annie Hall is way better. Um, but, uh, Manhattan sure looks good. Mm-hmm. Sure looks nice. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I think I also liked, uh, Hannah and her sisters more than Manhattan. That's a hot take for you, baby. Not, I don't know. I, it's, I can see someone not being super crazy over Manhattan. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think like on Letterboxd, I have like I dropped the five star on it because like I really love the idea of Manhattan probably more sure. than the actual watching it. Um, the things yep. that the, the things that have stuck with me about it, uh, the music, the cinematography, yep. uh, the the exchange of him when he meets uh, Wallace Shawn. Uh, when he finds out like this is like the big like fucking sex god that's like like oh, yeah. wrecking his like ex's like vagina with his like mm-hmm. passion and he just is looking at him like he's like fuck like, it's so funny and he just refers to him as like that homunculus and that was like the first time I'd ever heard the, like the expression homunculus in mm-hmm. the context of like calling another person that and like that I think is amazing and um, yeah. and the ending I think the, the the whole like final sequence of this movie is just like so fucking awesome like yeah. it's uh super swelling so well done um yeah andrea yeah. didn't like the ending because she's like uh like when he goes to the the apartment and he sees her through the window i looked at her i was like do you think he's gonna let her go and she's like yeah he's got to and then he went in and she was like oh no he's just shitty and selfish still yeah because he he asks her to stay <laughs> but i i i know what you mean uh manhattan's cool i think it's good uh it's not my favorite of his stuff, but no, you know that's fine. It really is. I mean, it's kind of like the the which one's better, Annie Hall or Manhattan? For like, that's been like a yeah. thing for a long time. Um, it's just about, but I mean, like, I think Annie Hall is just like such a like. There's so many things going on. It's such a yeah. like loose kind of uh, f- like. It's genuinely funny. Yeah. Like, there's like stuff in it. It's just like that mm. really uh, uh, transcends nineteen. Like for like God for like a nineteen seventy seven comedy. That movie like still is like pretty good yeah um and like the jokes hold up you have christopher walken uh yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, for my money i still think that ants is the best woody allen movie of course so uh that's my uh opinion on all things and that's the opinion that really matters Uh, i prefer the woody allen movie with uh jason biggs that's i think that's the best woody allen movie uh oh which one is that uh say anything Oh, the With, and it's uh, got uh, Ricci. yeah, yeah, no, from see, uh, Casper. See, no, see that movie is the shits. Um, a movie because it's, it's anything it's, else, j- 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 anything else. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, ooh, it's not whatever works because that's Larry David, which yeah. is like I haven't actually seen, and I kind of do want to see that one because I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see Larry David doing Woody Allen because mm-hmm. there's a fine line of difference between these like two 
New York Jewish guys, like in their yeah. neuroses. Um, I think I've seen anything else, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, Manhattan's also kind of this um, like touchstone movie for like filmmakers. Cause you have like Noah Baumbach with his mm-hmm. uh, Francis Ha. I, I feel like that Manhattan was like a very influential movie in, as far as like, hey, let's yeah. shoot this movie in black and white. And make this, and like, yeah. This, like, and there's also the the uh, still unreleased uh, Louis C.K. movie oh, that that, yeah. that got buried uh, mm-hmm. after it turned out he was masturbating in front of women. In oh, isn't that the one? It's like I am your dad or whatever. Yeah, well, it's like about, I, it did premiere at festivals and people it said it was some shit. So well, did they but say that it was, was shit? after. Yeah, it was, it was like coming out and then it got buried and then he got yeah. the rights back to it and now. It's just like somewhere online, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. People have watched it. In any case, but that movie is also black and white. And it's also like yeah. about this guy whose like daughter is like now living with a Hollywood producer um, in, in a relationship. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that could be, that could fall yeah. into the what news this week. Cause uh, we had a uh, old Louis CK resurface uh, doing comedy mm-hmm. shtick. And we've had many hot takes and reactions to uh, him uh, yeah. reappearing. Oh, we- it's fairly soon after, uh, being uh destroyed uh, nine media. months i believe yeah so i don't know uh hey how, 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 did yeah. you ever did you ever watch that louis show uh yeah i i have one last thing to say about manhattan yeah. that you reminded me uh i understand the uh s- historical significance for cinema that this movie is and i understand that that's why why a lot of people like it as well so yeah. anyways yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah, get yeah. it too yeah i, I get just... that too uh i watched uh one season of louis and uh, it wasn't that I didn't like it. Uh, I just never watched it anymore. Yeah. So I liked it. And I thought his stand-up was good, too. I was never as hot on it as... Uh, I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like it was overnight that he just blew up where it was like, he's the best stand-up around. And it was like, really? Of all time. The greatest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really? know. Yeah. I, I would have never gone that far. But I thought that Louis show was pretty smart, pretty interesting, uh, what he was doing. And now it's all down the toilet for many people. It's big if true. Yeah. So it goes. So anyways, did you watch any movies? Or yeah. You just, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I watched a movie, a classy film. Uh, <laughs> it goes by Fugitive Girls or Five Loose Women. This is a film. How rele- loose? Uh, they're on the loose. Mm, okay. Because it's a prison Continue. movie, RJ. They break out. Uh, this is a movie from Vin- Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, fairly cheap sexploitation type of deal. Uh, the movie opens up with some hairy Bob and man ass as he just like kind Ooh. of kind of thrusts back and forth on a bed by a, a naked chick, and this goes on for like three minutes. That's how the movie kicks off, and then he like just kind of like I guess blows his wad as he just kind of turns over oh, with a smile. Cares. Very uh, very unbelievable uh, sex act. But maybe what do you mean? He, there's no build up. He just kind of goes, oh, I'm done. I'm finished now. What and is then, that not? But then it turns out, though, so th- th- then they go get some alcohol and then they will come back to the hotel room they're staying at to bang some more. But mm-hmm. it turns out this guy, he's a bad guy. He's a he's a thief and a robber. And he guns <sighs> down the liquor store dude. And then he like kicks the bitch to the curb because she won't drive. And then she's like kind of unconscious. And all these people go, "Oh yeah, he was. She was with him. She's as guilty as he is." And uh, so they like put her in jail. Just a uh, kind of a minimum security type of thing. But it's like in a shack. 
So it's like real low rent, even for like 1974, whenever this is from. Uh, and of course, it's a multiracial group of prisoners, all foxy what? ladies, yeah, uh, who are like planning a breakout. And this girl is just like, I'm not, I'm not even supposed to be here, and I guess I have to go along because I'm in on the plan. Because it's just kind of like a certain movie we watched the other week, a little Lettre. Mm-hmm. Uh But you know what? Yeah. It's not as good. It wasn't as well made. Uh, RJ, um, are you telling that Five Loose Women wasn't as good as Latra? No, I, I actually, no. That's exactly what I'm saying. It wasn't. Well, you um, just made an enemy today, pal. Yeah, lots of shots of just people standing around and talking about doing things, and then they just do them. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of momentum or tension to any of the proceedings. Uh, what else do we got in this movie? Oh yeah, we get this like really long like lesbian rape scene. Jesus. What do you wait? Yeah. Who? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's because she's told it's like you don't scream because it's gonna. It's not, it doesn't. If it doesn't happen tonight, it'll happen tomorrow, or it'll happen the next night. You just gotta go along mm-hmm. with it. So you get a nice long, prolonged, cunnilingus scene. It's not even like, mm-hmm. like it's not explicit in its depiction, but it's pretty endless. I had flashbacks to Jess Franco movies, but. Not in a good way, because just Franco movies are kind of interesting in the mm-hmm. way that he uh, shoots his stuff. This was just sort of like, hey, this is happening. So, yeah, this movie just kind of bummed me out. It wasn't uh, what I was hoping for, I guess. Uh, I like those prison movies. I like even uh, watching those women in prison movies. This movie just it didn't deliver. It didn't have the shocks or weirdnesses that I like to see in these uh, exploitation numbers. It just seemed to be like, hey, these women, they're on the run. Isn't that enough for you? And it's not. What would you have wanted? Like uh, strange things. Weird dialogue. Stranger things? Stranger things. Weird dialogue, just like exchanges, people getting maimed and blown up. Like it's like. Crazy situations, you know, something, something inventive, something beyond what we've seen already. Like, not just like, hey, this is a movie about a woman wrongfully accused and convicted of a crime. And now they break out and now they're on the run in the middle of like those hills in California outside of Los Angeles. And they just are going to walk around and run around in denim. That's what this movie is. Is it um, tight fitting denim or is it nah, loose denim? It's, it's like 70s denim. So... <laughs> I'd like to make. Oh, and, uh, oh, and, and they run across some hippies. Uh, they're like hippies. They're like borderline. They want to rape these ladies, but then it turns out that they're prison ladies, and they're tougher than the hippies that are aspiring to be rape hippies. And then they're just killed, and their clothes are taken. And then they drive around in a van after that. Things. Hey, I would like to make a country song called "Loose Denim." Yeah. Uh, it would be about drinking beer. And a pair of jeans that fit just right. Wow. Cold beer on Friday night. You know that song? Nope. Um, it feels like I'm missing out a lot on things like country music and backwards baseball caps being banned at bars. That song's about uh, eating fried chicken. Oh. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you watched a movie, uh, although you should have watched uh, a movie that I could have recommended. Um, and I feel like you should uh, make the right decision next time and watch a good movie. I'll try. I'll Just try. ask me next time and I will make you a good one. Okay. Hey, I, I did start my, uh, put, I did put together a, a good chunk of a uh, Creeptober uh, 31 Days of Horror 
watch it list. better be fucking good because how many movies you got on that bad boy 58 so far mm. I, I was just going through movies that i own that i haven't watched and i'm like oh i just kept adding stuff adding stuff i'm like yep maybe instead of just downloading all this crap i mean <clears throat> finding them legitimately mm. uh i'll watch oh. these I'll, I'll watch these movies that i've actually paid money for and just have and i'll crack those uh, bad boys and see how many disappointments i've got like this fugitive girls you're pretty disappointing dude but life is disappointing no not life you me i you as a person no and uh you know a lot of people got a problem with you yeah that's fine i'm okay with that hey rj you got any any news not really like there's stuff that's been happening but (laughs) always nothing that seems like interesting at all yeah, uh, I saw something about Yorgos Lanthimos's, uh <gasps> The Favorite got a trailer, a new trailer. Ed? You, you, see, you heard about this? You seen this? You, you seen this? You know about this? No, I haven't the, the, seen this. Oh, well, I watched it. Uh, it's It looks even more Kubrickian in its uh, cinematography. Uh, lots of wide-angle lenses and distortions and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a period piece. Uh, mm. lots of strong female leads. So we'll see how that goes. It should be smoking when it comes out. Are you doing a little Ace Ventura over there? Or The Mask? No, I'm talking about Ace Ventura. Uh, smoking. That was The Mask. You're The Mask. Hey, Dave Batista says he still might quit Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I uh, I've heard about this a bunch, and uh, that's like cool that he's like, I love James Gunn, but remember when we talked about this, and I was like, hey, those jokes sucked. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't quit uh, this sem plausibly million dollar paying job for a guy who made some bad jokes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Who's to say? Are you excited for uh, the new season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I am, but uh, here in Canada, we can't watch it until it comes out on DVD. Oh, legally. shit, shit. You, you see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yarg. Yeah, because we don't get FX in Canada. Uh, we do get FX. Canada. FX something or other. Yeah, but it doesn't have any shows on it. Yeah. Because the man in the Parliament House, JT, won't bargain... And uh, we get no good stuff. Here comes the strong politics. There's your strong politics. Just just make a deal so that in Canada we can get all of the same streaming platforms as the states. That's all I care about. That's all you give a shit about. Yeah. We just want Filmstruck and we want FX and we want all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just be better. Yeah. C- countries. Get better. Get better. Fuck. <laughs> That's that. That is that. After the break, we're going to be talking about our betters because we're going to be talking about that ruling class. We've always thought knowledge is not we should be taught to dance. Right here at Tate, we're up to date. We teach a great new dance. Don't think that I brag. I speak of the drag. 
Why should a sheep learn how to speak Latin and Greek badly? Give him a neat motto, complete, say it with feet gladly. First lesson right now, you'll love it and how you'll love it. Here is the drag, see how it goes, down on the heels, up on the toes. That's a way to do the varsity drag. do 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 hotter than hot, newer than new, meaner than mean, bluer than blue. Gets as much applause as waving a flag. You can pass many a class, whether you're dumb or wise. If you all answer the call when your professor cries, everybody down on the heels, up on the toes, stay after school and learn how it goes. Everybody do the varsity drag. The ruling class is a rather unusual film. His lordship is a paranoid schizophrenic. Paranoid schizophrenic? But he's a gurney. Then he's a paranoid schizophrenic gurney who believes he's God. But we've always been Church of England. Peter O'Toole is Jack, the somewhat eccentric 14th Earl of Gurney. Alastair Sim as the failing Bishop Lambton. Arthur Lowe as Tucker, the far from perfect butler. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Ruling Class from 1972, directed by Peter Medic. The synopsis here from Letterboxd. When the Earl of Gurney dies in a cross-dressing accident, his schizophrenic son, Jack, inherits the Gurney estate. Jack is not the average nobleman. He sings and dances across the estate and thinks he is Jesus reincarnated. Believing that Jack is mentally unfit to own this estate, the Gurney family plots to steal Jack's inheritance. As their outrageous schemes fail, the family strives to cure Jack of his bizarre behavior with disastrous results. So, RJ... I'd seen this movie before. Uh, in fact, I actually had the receipt uh, for this very movie uh, in the DVD case still when I got it from Criterion.com back in 2013. Wow. Uh, yeah. Big, big, big moment here. Actually, the next, like, 12 movies that we're watching, I own all of them. So, Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, I'd watch this probably five years ago last. Um, and I remember a few things that all seem to be pretty consistent uh, this time around. I remember, and you reminded me of this when we were about to start watching this, uh, you're like, Jesus Christ, two and a half hours. And I went, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the movie's two and a half hours long. I remember uh, it, it probably not needing to be that long. But then I also remember that it's got like one of the like, Best, like one of those like all time best scenes I think ever in a movie that like totally Ooh. still s- sticks in my mind like <laughs> real hard and like really like, yes yeah I uh, we'll get there uh, I th- yeah so this is a movie that I like this movie um, 
And I could mm-hmm. totally understand why this movie wouldn't work for a lot of people. Uh, and that's because it's a black comedy. Um, and it's also a satire. And, I mean, it's hard enough for comedy to hit, let alone mm-hmm. this sort of, like, subgenre of the black comedy. Because usually they're not for everybody. And even the, for people who do like black comedy, sometimes it works and sometimes it really doesn't work. So it's a real coin toss of a movie, particularly since this is a movie that's also like a satire of, I guess mm-hmm. the, what the title is, the ruling class, uh, the, the noble class of Britain, uh, which was, it's kind of like a, an easy target for like a lot of British like cinema and television and books and plays. Uh, this started off as a play for, uh, in the 60s that uh, Peter O'Toole actually started in as well. And then he bought the rights for this. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Peter Medic. I guess like they were out drinking as one would do with Peter O'Toole, uh, one of the great legendary alcoholics of uh, the theater and cinema. Um, him, and yeah. Oliver, him and Oliver Reed. There's like a whole book on them. They're Hellraisers or something like that. Uh, not to be not the Clive Barker kind. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> come on. Yeah, good old Alkies. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this movie though, it's a long slide to those amazing final acts. But the movie starts off with uh, yeah, it, it's kind of funny that we just watched Ordet like just a few weeks ago, which is also about mm-hmm. a movie about a man who thinks he's Jesus and uh, mm-hmm. goes around pontificates. So it's kind of neat that these movies happen so, uh, so close together in our chronology. And uh, it reminded me there's a Werner Herzog uh, documentary uh, about like all these men in Russia who think they're Jesus. Because mm-hmm. there's lots of guys. There's lots of mentally ill men who who grow beards and hair and they've been raised in like Christian society. And then they start thinking, yeah, you know what? I I think I'm Jesus. And they're all operating, you know, unbeknownst to one another. And then it's like, well, what happens when Jesus men meet each other? Like what happens? (laughs) Um, So anyway, this is a movie about a guy who thinks he's Jesus for, but he also looks kind of like the lion from wizard of Oz. But he's a little bit, and, but he's played by Lawrence of Arabia, uh, great screen legend Peter O'Toole. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do like this movie. Uh, like I said, two and a half hours. It's pro- probably on the long side. It just doesn't mm-hmm. need, need to go that far. Um, this is one of those movies. Uh, I've made comments a few times that I'm very curious what you thought about it, uh, mm-hmm. because it could go a lot of different ways, uh, depending on how things hit. Uh, for me, there's like, just like lots of good, like the character strokes of all of it. It's like a comedy. So it's like an in-depth character piece. Uh, so you have like, guess you have like Tucker, the Butler, who's the acerbic, mm-hmm. uh, little like piece of shit butler. Who's like a socialist who like, can't wait to like mm-hmm. burn it down, but he does a whole lot of nothing. And that's like a core part of his character. Old Tuck. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have, uh, uh, was he, uh, Sir Charles, who I think, uh, is quite good as sort of that, the uh, uppity pompous, uh, British Lord who just is scheming for money and is very proper. Everyone does their roles. Okay. His wife is exactly what you expect of the indifferent, judgmental, self-amused woman with her own scheming mm-hmm. or whatever you have is you have uh Jack's future wife, uh, who does this great strip tease scene 
and then oh great you say great great striptease scene and to to nobody in (laughs) particular to no one in particular to a man who's in the other room who rides in on a tricycle afterwards um we got a nigel green who gets to play the high voltage messiah uh Uh, the uh the electric christ electric christ Uh, yeah yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so that's that's a heck of a scene, and you get mm-hmm. an, 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 an ape suit. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and then so the whole movie it's just like a big build of like, uh, yes, you have uh, Garney, Garney the Thirteenth, who dies asphyxiation in the. It's very play like the movie's like mm-hmm. feels very much like a stage play that's been adapted. Uh, you get song and dance numbers that are like the one in particular, the one that's the varsity drag. I think it is. Oh, uh, so. which one is that? Oh, which the, setting the, the, is that? It's while well, they're all like in that the setting of that house. God, is that the name of that song? Um, it's like the 1930s show tune that Peter O'Toole sings, but it's like been like post dub recorded, so the audio was like it doesn't sound at all convincing. And mm-hmm. it's, but it's very whatever. It's movies and it's a comedy. It doesn't have to like have naturalistic sound. Uh, mm-hmm. The Varsity Drag, yes, that song. Um, it pipes in and there's a few other little, like very br- fortunately, very brief musical interludes. They don't mm-hmm. like overstay their welcome and run like five minutes and bring a lot of attention to themselves. They're like throwaway gags. Right. So, so I'm okay uh, for me. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Do you want me to tell you what I really, really like about this movie? This yeah. Point? Lay it on me. Okay. So Big dog. So the whole movie is just the setup of this guy. And I guess like the, the satire of the movie is that uh, you have this, the God of love in 20th century earth in England. And he's trying to spread this message that kind of runs the opposite of how society is. And that's the way it's always going to be. Um, is that this message of love and understanding, it's just like kind of looked upon negatively and laughed at. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not until uh, the, sh- the flip happens and the, the god of murder, Jack the Ripper, uh, is then presented that everyone starts becoming, oh, he's perfectly normal now. Oh, oh, oh. And it's like, that's cute. Uh, but then it like goes beyond that in this, like these scenes of Peter O'Toole's transformation, which are all like kind of slow and subtle. And mm. it, you know, builds to him actually murdering a woman. And, uh, but there's still like talk of the hokey chokey, uh, which mm-hmm. is not the hokey pokey, which I think the rest of civilization outside of this movie would refer to it as. Um, but yeah, that scene, that shot of Peter O'Toole looking at the camera and screaming, uh, I think is just like, like so amazing. Uh, it, cause it's like this really intense intense like camera pull up of him staring not breaking eye contact and it's just like it's like mm-hmm. which like so animalistic it's just like good god like that's like all i think about when i think of this movie is that shot um mm-hmm. and then i kind of forgot like immediately after that is when we go to uh whatever the house of lords and he's giving his like big ridiculous speech about just like <laughs> killing people and then you get this like mm-hmm. montage of him like talking to this hall of like the undead mm-hmm. and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> like i was like man this is like so uh like so good and interesting and like totally fits into like another type of movie and i'm like why don't i see something like this more often where it's just like so brutal uh 
And then you get like this like final murder scene, uh, which is like kind of like done as like a half dream. And it's like, it could be real. It could be happening in his mind. And you get this like another like horrifying scream as it pulls away and the music comes in. Uh, mm-hmm. I the shining. I don't know. Like the final like 10, 15 minutes of this movie, I think are just like fantastic uh, movie making. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think this, I, I like this movie. Um, I think I really, because I like those scenes so much at the end, I, probably like this movie overall on the whole but i could definitely see why some people would be like this movie drags uh maybe the satire comedy doesn't work if you're not into british stuff if you're not into like british britishness uh i could see this Mm -hmm. movie really not being appealing because it's a very dry british humor on top of the black comedy so it's got layers and layers of layers of things that are just not going to be for everybody but I think the, it's a pretty interesting movie. You could roll it up into other movies that we've watched of late, like Diary of a Chambermaid, uh, mm-hmm. Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie. Lots of just attacks on the the ruling class, the the elites, the, the 1% types, the mentality of them, the absurdity of those people. This movie fits into that line lineage of like the Criterion Collection and mm-hmm. uh, their ongoing politics. Uh, but RJ, as I said earlier, I'm very curious, what do you think... Of the ruling mm-hmm. class. I wonder <clears throat> why you were so curious of my opinion of this movie. Why? You're, is that a question? Yeah. I, I, as always, there's certain types of movies like this where it's a black comedy mm-hmm. uh, and it kind of plays by non-conventional rules, I guess, of storytelling and expectations. Mm. Like a movie like this, it's very 60s, 70s. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we've encountered those types of movies and you've been turned off by them. And always, but it's not, but it's not consistent. It's not like you're like always like, I hate these movies. Sometimes yeah. you like them, but sometimes it's like, nope, I don't like this at all. And then you're just yeah. checked right out. So this is a movie that like, I think straddles those lines. So it could go mm-hmm. either, it could go either way with you. So that's again, why I'm interested. You could say that I'm rather unconventional in my watching and my reviews, I guess then sometimes you're a wild card. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how to approach this, uh, to talk to you about it. My first note was Ace Ventura question mark because of the man in the tutu. Uh, but here's what I think about this movie as a whole. That's what I was just laying out for you as, uh, my first, my very first impression of this movie. It was that it reminded me of Ace Ventura, right? The ruling class. This is, as you put it, a black comedy. This is a satire. This is, as I would describe it, uh, absurdist humor, which I've, I've brought up on this show before and I can, I'll explain what I mean by that later. Uh, I think this movie straddles a lot of lines like you and me often do. Uh, It is this mix between this political statement and this cultural societal statement. Uh, But it's also very self-aware in what it is. And it likes to poke fun at all the things that it's showing you. So it'll have a statement and it'll poke fun at it. Uh, but it also knows that it's poking fun out of it. So self-aware in that sense is what I mean. Uh, this film, Jarrett, uh, I think uh, I'm going to throw you way off here. Uh, when you said I sometimes I, I dig these movies, sometimes I hate them. Uh, I was very in the middle for this. Uh, there is a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed. 
and there was a lot of stuff that uh, was, I think, totally lost on me. Um, not that I disliked it. I think this movie's a very long, drawn-out way of saying I think this movie's okay. I think it's pretty, like... There's enough of it that I like that I would uh, I think it's good, uh, but there's enough of it that I was like not totally on board with that uh, I don't think I don't think it's great or anything like that. Sure. Uh, so some of the stuff I didn't like, uh, I feel uh, as we mentioned, it's very long, and that's fine. Whatever uh, I watch, we watch or we watch long movies all the time, uh, but I think some of the some of the satire stuff was a bit much for me. Uh, I know you mentioned that the song and dance numbers were short, but I thought that they were uh, far too many of those things. Uh, after one or two, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but after the fourth one, I was like, I'm done with this. I don't need it anymore in is, here. Is there more than four? Uh, it might be just four. Yeah. Uh, but the one with me that really lost me was uh, the bird song scene where uh jc and his bride-to-be are making bird calls to each other walk uh, like dancing around uh that one and like again that's a thing that it's so subjective like if that was in say an episode of family guy some people would probably think it was fucking hilarious uh because family guy does shit like that all the time like like i said absurdist type humor stuff it'll, it'll be like that uh, but if those same people watched it in this movie, they might be like, oh, I don't like that. Um, and like, I didn't dislike it or anything like that. It was just like, eh, I don't care for this. Mm-hmm. So th- there are scenes like that where I was like, I'm not totally on board for that kind of stuff. But uh, there was a lot of humor in this that I thought was really fucking good. Real good, Jarrett. Um, so when I when I talk about the absurdist thing, just to clarify that, I feel like the best example I could say that my people might understand more simply what I mean is like the, the family guy thing where stuff kind of just happens and you're like, it doesn't always make sense. And it's kind of out of nowhere. Uh, one of the, my favorite ones in this movie was, uh, they're taking a walk down like the courtyard of the mansion or whatever. And they're talking about like people they know and they look and uh, there's people like around them. Uh, And there's one scene where they like look and there's a guy tied to a tree and they just keep walking and they walk past him like almost as if they they don't like they're like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Bill. He's tied to a tree there. And uh, I saw that and I was like, I was like, what? I was like, what is this? What is this fucking movie? Because I think up until then, there wasn't anything like that. Like you have the scene with the, uh, the auto erotic asphyxiation molder style. And, um, you're, you're kind of like, all right, that's goofy. Some, some, uh, David Carradine. Yeah. Some David Carradine stuff there. Uh, I always uh, remember, um, people always joke that, uh, on the X-Files, uh, the only way they would kill off Mulder on the show is through auto erotics, uh, auto erotic asphyxiation. So, uh, I thought that was always funny, but so you have that scene, which is goofy, but then right after you have that scene where the guy's tied to the tree and I was like, I was like, all right, this movie's, this movie's out of bounds, Jarrett, out of bounds, off the hook, uh, off the hook. So there was a, there was like absurdist stuff like that, that I thought was like some of them, some of them I thought was really funny. Some of them I was like, yeah, I think they're overreaching a little bit, but there's other, there was a lot of really good, like one, 
like simple gags, whereas like set up punchline. Like uh, there's the one lady, she or it's a lady or guy. They're talking to JC, and they're like, "Reveal your godhood," and he unzips his pants. I was like, "Nice." I was like, "That that's a perfect, <laughs> like really simple joke for me." I was like, "I love shit like that. I think it's so funny." Uh, the Electric Christ, I thought was really funny. The ACDC God, the Electric Messiah, uh, I thought that guy was awesome. Uh, the wrestling bear I thought was really cool too. Uh, and then there's, there's just, there's some lines of dialogue that I think are really funny. Like the, uh, um, when they're talking and, and it's not even, I don't think these were supposed to be funny, but they were fun, funny to me. There's a line where he's talking about, uh, when he's getting, um, like the test to see if he's uh, psychotic or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, you need to satisfy the lunatic master. And the guy's like, Oh, that term's uh, out of fashion now and i was like the lunatic master was like was that a fashionable term in the in england it might have been could have been. i don't know it could have been so uh i thought that was pretty funny uh and then i think actually uh as we mentioned a lot the film craft mm-hmm. the artisan film craft i think this movie is um really well edited and put together uh yeah the, in the, a the, humorous the, style and the camera works actually really good the cam- like yeah. it, it's the the zoom ins and stuff like that the zoom ins exactly yeah. So there, there's a lot of scenes where they set up something and then they zoom in on people's faces and sometimes it'll like go through everyone and then it'll go through them again. And I find that really funny <laughs> or like uh, like the drunk butler when uh, they're moving up the table and it zooms in on him and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like zooming in on him. That's really funny. There's like the uh, one, I, I love the shots of the uh, the idiot son, like because <laughs> Even this like that the the kid who's just like you know he's this grown adult and he's just like this little snot nosed like little uh, public school kid who's had everything handed to him and he he just talks like an idiot uh, and like his facials yeah. are like his facials in that movie are, like in the movie consistently uh, make me chuckle because uh, he plays yeah. that he plays that type to a T because it's very similar to the idiot son in. Um, Pygmalion too. It's a oh, yeah. it's a yep. trope of uh, that. I always I always appreciate that. I like I love dumb people in movies, but mm-hmm. I, but funnily enough, I hate dumb people in real life. Oh, see how that works. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so the last thing I was gonna say about the editing uh, camera work, the one scene I thought was actually really really well done and super super funny is uh, there's this really sharp fast cut. And it's when he's getting the polygraph test and uh, they're like, are you the Christ? And he's like, no. And then it zooms on that on that guy. He's like, he's lying (laughs) or it's something like that. Like it just is it that he's lying or that he's I think it's that he's lying. Right. Like they're like, yeah, when he says, are you are are you the son of God? And he goes, no. And then it blows up because it it shows that he lied. Yeah. Because he he is the God. Because he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's good. Uh, I thought that was so funny. That I think that was probably my favorite scene of this movie. Uh, so there's stuff like that that I think is uh, really well done in this show. Um, the one music number I did like was uh, the Dem Bones one. Oh, yeah. Talking about Dem Bones. Uh, I liked that one because right. I just thought it was funny. that Right before going on the fox hunt. Yeah, which that bummed me out. But uh, I did like the Dem Bones you thing. Like, you got to see all those cute little dogs. You did get to see some cute dogs and an animatronic fox. P- piercing, yeah. 
yeah. Uh, also, while we're on the talk about animals, uh, there was uh, a stereotaxic uh, surgery set up in this where it looked like they were actually doing uh, like brain surgery on these rats, which they probably were because well, when was this, the 70s? There, well, there wasn't a lot of regulations some, at those Yeah, times. there were some close-ups where mm-hmm. the, then the actors kind of moved around these close-ups of things happening and it's like, yep. oh, yelp. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I have seen uh, those images are burned in my brain so hard of like the open skull that uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, they did crack open that rat's skull for real. Yeah. His skin was pulled back and I was like, bummer, <laughs> bummer, man. Uh, so anyways, that that's not a big deal for me, but I was like, oh, hey, look, a stereotype's cool. Uh, so the, the what, only what other... What I love to see in my black comedies. In my black comedies, yeah, like surgical, like animal surgeries. Uh, so there's two other things I'll mention. Um, the one thing, uh, one other thing that I didn't love that kind of took me out of it was uh, I thought the switch to the Jack the Ripper stuff was a little bit abrupt. Where it was like, okay, he's not Christ anymore. And then it's like, he's Jack the Ripper now. And like, it's not that it just happens and you're not given any like uh, setup or like any information to understand what's going on. Like, I understood what was going on. I just thought it was like very kind of, it just, it just happens. And you're like, okay, he's Jack the Ripper now. And I was like, oh, it's kind of uh, out of nowhere. But well, see, um, I guess like, I've always liked the idea that he's like don't call me jack <laughs> and it's just like because your yeah. whole time you're like i never it never crossed my mind what that was where the direction of the movie was ever going he's gonna go yeah because yeah. like but it's weird because like when you see the dvd it's got this photo of like him all cleaned up with like a halo over his head and in, in like a in okay. a hat and like i never thought about it too much being like because like the whole movie he's like creepy long-faced uh, lion Jesus, and yeah. it's like he's like very like ugh. like he's not appealing looking at all. He's like mm-hmm. the the hair goes up his cheekbones in the wrong way, and uh, his he, his his makeup and stuff like that because like he, he just looks so weird. His appearance is upsetting. Yeah, but I is I, what I could say. I fucking love his white suit though. Like the, his like oh. his get up in the whole movie. It's so great because like that's the one thing that I. Uh, uh, I was appreciating about this movie is like all like the tall, long, lean guys in this movie because mm-hmm. no, no one's tall, skinny, and lean anymore. Everyone's just like beefy and fat, and it's like, oh, look how look how fit and fine these people were back in the seventies mm-hmm. with with fitted clothing and whatnot. Yeah, they look good, man. Yeah. They looked real sharp. Uh, the only last thing I'll say, and I think. Uh, it is uh, what you said was your favorite scene of the whole movie. Uh, I thought that was the ending to the movie when it happened. It it it, it doesn't it does it not feel like the last shot. It, it's it seems like it's the last shot of the movie, and all I could think and I wrote it down was jungle fever, because if you remember, Jared, when I was when we did the Spike Lee episode, yeah. and I was talking about the ending to Jungle Fever. When Wesley Snipes look up, looks up and he's like, no, uh, that was all I could think of. I was like, holy shit. Did they just pull a jungle fever on me right here? Uh, and then it went on for another like 15 minutes. But uh, I, <laughs> I I think it's funny that uh, that's, that's your favorite scene. It, it It's nice. It's cool. But at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, Spike Lee stole this for jungle fever. <laughs> the most ludicrous, insane ending of any movie I have ever seen. 
I kind of feel like that's like not a uncommon shot in movies, but mm-hmm. I found that in this, it's like very like power. Like he, like he seems so unhinged in that. And like, yeah. there's a bit where it seems like his eyes almost go bloodshot on command. Is he yeah. screaming? Cause like, there's like the low, like, it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. he's, he's really doing it. He's going there. Cause there's like the whole buildup of his, like as the psyche's breaking down, because mm-hmm. like when he's like there's like one weird shot like of when he's kind of like left out in like the somewhere on the estate like out in like by a tree and he's just kind of like talking to himself and the camera is like zoomed in on him over like kind of like in that god's eye view and he mm-hmm. kind of like he's being spied on he's just like rambling around he's like he's playing insanity really really well because like nothing he's saying mm-hmm. makes any sense like it doesn't have there's no like writerliness to it it's not like he's they're being clever it just seems like no this guy is just like off the bend like he's nuts and then he just he's got the stutter he's doing uh like for that part and like he's you know doing a good stutter uh an actorly stutter and then Mm -hmm. when he kind of finally starts when he does the the interview with his uh old classmate that it's revealed and uh it's just like oh suddenly oh we're all good we're all we all the same values and it's like oh that only becomes apparent when you stop talking about love and being god that when you become (laughs) like a sociopath uh, I mean, it's like pretty well pick where American Psycho picks up where this movie leaves off is this idea that like you're actually adjusted for like contemporary life when you become a uh, wearing that mask of sanity. Mm. And uh, yeah. And then like his final speech of just like talking to like this chamber of the dead uh, and these people all applauding the, his madness. It's like mm-hmm. I, I get it. Oh, it's, it's not subtle at all. But I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't give a shit. It's it's like uh, I love the imagery of it. Um, I like kind of the honesty of it. And uh, I mean, I, I haven't actually seen any of the episodes of uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's show. Um, uh, who, this is this America, is America. Or, yeah. Uh, or yeah. who is yeah? And who is America? Who is America? And like this, this is idea, America like is you, the, you can you yeah. can get people to agree with like all sorts of ridiculous things and mm-hmm. uh, and go along with it, or they reveal themselves uh, with the fact that they're comfortable with these things without thinking about it. And uh, yeah. it's, this is the same concept, uh, pretty well, except that he views them as all dead and potentially they're they're all going to die eventually, uh, perhaps <laughs> even by his hand. And he'll and you can get away with it because no one's going to look take you very seriously as a threat. Because I mean, why wow, he's such a polished, upstanding citizen. Yeah. Kind of like that's kind of like how people describe you. Yeah, we won't talk You're, about that anymore. You ever think about that, man? You ever think about how you're kind of a bad dude? I, I try to stuff that down back in the cellar, where hmm. w- with my inner child. Oh, what's he doing in there? <laughs> I don't know. Probably kicking dogs or something. Oh, Jarrett, <laughs> Jarrett. Yeah. Well, well, anyways, um, I don't have a whole lot more to say, but uh, I liked it. I'm not real hot on it. I don't super dislike it. There were things I thought were really funny and things about the movie I thought were real good. And then there were things that I was like, yeah, take her to leave it. So, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, Yeah. For me, like I, I, I like I like this movie. Uh, yep. and it's I like its ambition. I like the the, the the scale of it. Uh, what they're trying to do. Uh, and like like I said, like that the last fifteen twenty minutes of this movie, I think are dope. And uh, oh, dropped it's, a it's, dope. But, in it, but, there. It, but it's all built to it, right? And so yep. I mean, the stuff along the way, it's like it's not too bad. It's hit or miss, like you said. Um, so I mean, like I don't know what it, would I be like. Mm, I think previously when I starred this bad boy, I'd be like a three and a half out of five. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'd bounce between that and like a four 
or something yep. like that. Like a very strong recommend for me anyway, for like, this is the type of movie I wish I could see more of like this. Yeah. There's like a one movie that like one day, like it kind of fits into this for me. It's called the magic Christian and it stars uh, mm. Ringo Starr and uh, I think it's Peter. Sutton. Ringo. Yeah. And uh, it's very similar in it's uh, tone. Like it's, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's way more comedy though, but it's also, uh, mm. it hates society in a similar kind of way. Hmm. Here's the important thing, Derek. Yeah. Can you analyze the gorilla fight scene and uh, explain to me about those sweet wrestling moves he he was doing? Oh, what, what, what spots? Well, he's definitely dropping some, uh, like, he was like some, like, backbreakers across yeah. his knee. I noticed that, yeah. What, yeah. what else was he? There was, uh, he just threw him down some stairs. Mm-hmm. That was pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, when he first came in, I didn't think that was a gorilla. I thought that was, um, it looked like a bear or something. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what? What? But I did, I, I did really enjoy the, uh, the electric Christ. Uh, I thought that guy was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nigel Prince is a good dude. Cause he's yeah. also oh, in uh, a quarter mess experiment or, uh, the quarter mess in the pit. One of those okay. two. He's one of those numbers. Did we talk about Alistair Sim at all? Ebenezer Scrooge Oh, no, no, I didn't. No, completely neglected to mention yeah. him. Yeah, Alistair Sim. Uh, also lanky, lean, mm. um, playing Unfortunate. The, yeah, very uh, blithering and blothering and uh, beside himself at all mm-hmm. times. Yeah, he's got a great face, doesn't he? He does, and he's got a bumbling, mumbling talk that uh, it's just so Ebenezer Scrooge, Jared. But, but on a different level. Like, cause mm. it's like, he's, he's uncertain of himself. He doesn't have the confidence of an Ebenezer. No, he's, uh, he's really scared. Yeah. In this movie quite a bit, mm-hmm. quite a real bit. <sighs> uh, yeah. Anyways, Peter O'Toole's kind of creepy looking. He's a weird dude. Weird. Like he looks dude. good in Lawrence of Arabia. But when I was watching this, like not even just when he's like the Christ, but when he was just kind of. Yeah. Like after he gets shaved, I was yeah, like, his... Peter O'Toole's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, is he still alive? No. Oh, I thought, see, well, him and Kirk Douglas went out. Uh, he like, died like their prime. five years ago. Well, I was right around when Kirk Douglas died. Remember uh, Lion in Winter? That movie's great. Is that a good show? I've never seen it. Didn't I make you watch that? Yeah, I mean, you watched that. That's the My, uh, which lo- one? the Lion in Winter. I'm pretty sure I made you watch that. Uh, it's like the uh, it's like the medieval movie, and it's like about the scheming sons. It's got like young Anthony Hopkins. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know uh, that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. In I that. give it four stars. King Henry the Second's three sons. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good in that. Jachi loves me best. So awesome. Oh, gets, uh, do some more British accents for the show <laughs> no, that's, here. That's like the, the, the latchkey uh, scumbaggy guy. Just do, just do a little more over there, Jared. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Uh, hit me with a little more of uh, that uh, stuff. Oh, by the way, speaking of Peter Toole's uh, upsetting uh, appearance, his mustache in this movie made me so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's really thin on the lip, yeah. like on top of the lip, but it's really thick and heavy on the sides. Oh, yeah. And I know that's a very common look for people, but I was like, ew. <laughs> ew. Yeah, good old, yeah, there was a, there was a, troubling soup strainer yeah i like peter o'toole best in wings of fame he just looks like a republican 
Whoa. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't, but... Strong politics. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, hey, who hates this movie? I can imagine some people... Mm-hmm. Are, this movie's not for them. Uh, I agree. So, one star from Cat versus Kirk. I feel like the Criterion Collection is a simple rubric for whether or not to add a comedy to their line. Is this movie as knee-slappingly funny as noted laugh right Garrison Keillor, but also super pretentious? Nuts to this mess of a movie. Who is um, Garrison Keillor? Garrison, okay, you look up Garrison Keillor, and I'll tell you about Cat versus Kirk. Okay, Cat versus Kirk likes some Criterions. Like being John Malkovich and oh, all that jazz. Yeah. All that jazz. They also are a big fan of Army of Darkness, which I feel like is ironic because I don't think there's a lot of people who like really like that movie. Yeah. Oh, and a lot of like uh, coming of age uh, girl movies, uh, all of them starring Sarsay Ronan, like Brooklyn and Lady Bird hmm. and Jaws. So Garrison Keillor. Okay. Yeah. He's the pr- uh, Prairie Home Companion guy. Hmm. Prairie Home Companion. You're not. You never. You never watched the uh, that Robert Altman movie. Uh no. Um, okay. So Prairie Home Companion. Uh, for those. No, who we're know, okay. Uh, he's the creator of the Minnesota Public Radio Show. Uh, that ran from mm-hmm. 1974 to 2016. Um, he most recently was accused of being handsy in the uh, Me Too uh, movement, but I don't know if really oh. much has come about from that since. I think the sh- yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's a old kind of specific weird talking guy. Um, I can't, I have no idea what he sounds like, but I remember he's he's a very distinct looking man. Uh, so I can kind of I get the dig they're going for Prairie Home Companion. Definitely not for everybody. Um, did Did you just do a a vocal impression and then after go? I have no idea what yeah, he sounds like. Yeah, just but... to be just to be clear, <laughs> he he has a radio voice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Christopher Bowis. <laughs> Bowels. Bowels. Uh, One star. When a member of the House of Lords kills himself, his estate goes to his son. The only problem is that his son thinks he's Jesus Christ. The rest of the family tries to sabotage him and get him to snap out of it, but boy, they definitely didn't bargain for a psychosis to then make him think he's Jack the Ripper, who strangely gets along better than you might expect with all these stodgy Brits. There you go. Now you don't have to see it, because nothing about this film's execution improves upon the logline. It's a movie yelling satire for its entire running time, (laughs) never bothering to set up actual jokes behind its punchlines. Literally and figuratively, the cinematic equivalent of the aristocrats joke, but if it went on over two and a half hours. Um, nope, it's not like that joke, really, literally or figuratively. But. I, um, he, they talk about how the film, like the film's not made well, and I don't think that's right at all. We, we just went at length about how we thought the film was made pretty well, and then even me, where. I thought the sat like not even just satire, but the song stuff was a little heavy-handed. But you know what? I thought they had wicked just one line like punchlines, like set up punchline. You know, this Christopher Bowles, Jarrett. They have a Thomas Merton quote on their page: "Art enables us to find ourselves and lose ourselves at the same time." I imagine he stares at this quote all day. Do you think he has like a vinyl printout of that text on his kitchen wall? Uh, I believe he probably has this tattooed on his thigh or something like that. But the back of the thigh so that other people can see it. Uh, They like uh, Taxi Driver. And uh, one of my favorite movies, The Apartment. And one of your favorite movies, Rushmore. And a movie that we just talked about in the preamble. 
Annie Hall. Whoa. They like a weird mix of movies. Some good movies, five stars, like High and Low, There Will Be Blood uh, and Heat. Some bad movies, five stars, like uh, 400 Blows. <laughs> and Boyhood. <laughs> uh-huh. Ryan Fisher, two stars. So long, so incoherent. It has a few great moments, but there's a lot of slack, and the whole is made up of an awkward mix of madcap and drawl in which the two styles negate each other. Some jokes are too broad, and the dark tone steps all over them. Other jokes are too subtle, and the satire isn't nearly subtle enough. Mm. I, 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 people really go after that satire sometimes, and I think it just means that it didn't work for them. But mm-hmm. sometimes I agree people, with you, so, so I don't know. I, I find that it's uh, satire is a weird creature i think i hated this although there may be 40 minutes intersped in the 150 minute runtime that i kind of loved it's not bad mm. it's not crazy. uh it's ryan not fisher's un- are you still okay. reading the review no, that, that's it no i'm i'm just okay i'm editorializing are you just rambling? editorializing but okay, keep and, going. And mumbling that's it uh they got a good opinion yeah or good uh good taste 2001 magnolia the searchers Something called Three Colors Red. Oh, I don't yeah. know what that is. That's uh, Kuslowski. K- K- uh, the guy did the mm. uh, Decalogue and stuff like that. There's a oh. the Three Colors trilogy: red, white, and blue. Okay, I just found a, a big glaring hole though in their five star reviews. Night of the Hunter, a movie we will cover one day, and we're just teasing now. It's not five stars, man. I want to say overhyped. Overhyped, bro. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> to tune in 500, 10 years from now, and we'll cover it then. That might be 10 years from now, but you know what? People might want to know what we think about that movie because it's very popular. But you know what else? I don't think that movie is that good. Sick burn. There you go. Cool. Well, that's the hate. Uh, I like this movie. RJ's like, it's okay. Um, yep. That's about, that's all I can expect. It's a movie not for everybody. I can understand someone like really just being like, fuck this shit. But I felt that way with uh, something like how to get ahead in advertising. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, after the break. Um, Arts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stab RJ in the guts. Leave him for dead. And the butler will get blamed for it because he's a goddamn communist. Keeps ripping off the jungle fever ending. Unbelievable. There's a man walking the streets of London late at night. With a little black bag that's oh so tight. He's got a big black cloak hanging down his back. Well, that's the one that cat I just hate to fight. Well, it walked down the street, every girl he meets says, Your name is When she walks down the street, he's never fall behind. RJ, uh, what are your thoughts in conclusion after watching The Ruling Class about The Ruling Class? I say fuck them. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. 
and you can tell us how you'd fuck the ruling class. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Utah. Get, get, send us your uh, your address, and maybe we'll send you a Baylog auction hat. Especially, you never know. Spe- especially if you're a Patreon donor. You want one of those bad boys. Be all the craze. You're looking at a totally different person from behind. Next week, Spine 133. The Vanishing. <gasps> Spurlos? Spurlos? Spurlos itself. From 1988. Directed by George Leisure. It's going to be kind of a double header because, goddamn, this bad boy's got an American remake. Keith yes, it does. With old Kiefer. Have you seen said American remake? Never. I am pretty excited yeah. for you to see the American remake. Nice. I've never seen it. Now I got. Now I got to find a copy. I have to go down to the the shelter and uh, ask to borrow somebody's. Let me see if uh, our local shelter has copies. Mm, doesn't look like it. Shit. It's a little slow going the shelter's page here. So. Yeah. Uh, well, it better it's it's got better get fixed. The fans demand that we watch The Vanishing, the American remake. Both versions compare and contrast. It's been a while. Directed by George Sluzier. Yeah, yeah the same man. One the, the same, same man? He, the same man. He directed, he directed his own American remake. Are you going to watch a Stephen Baldwin film? Crime Time? <laughs> no. Nice. Well, well, I'll talk all about that next week. As long as mm. none of, neither of us disappear. What are you trying to... Is that a threat? What is this? Have a good time in the mountains, RJ. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, though, if I do never come back, um, I hate you. <laughs> uh, good night. I'm not... I stand by it.